Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is October 27th, 2021. The pastors and elders have dearly missed this body and are encouraged by the report of your faithfulness to unify and build together as we collectively carry the weight of his glory on our shoulders. Amen. Now, without going into too much detail, I'd like to say that this past week was full of divine revelation, sweet fellowship, and it brought healing to areas of our hearts that would have never been uncovered unless our brothers around us helped draw them out of deep waters. You guys remember Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. This is because we need our brothers to our left and to our right, men of understanding, to help us draw it out of those deep waters. Now, I will admit, I thought I understood this when we first began to study it. How about you? Do you feel like you understood, oh, I need my brothers? But our good father saw fit to give us a deeper revelation of what this means this past week. It's one of the things we are digging into of, What does it mean to have brothers around you that help draw things out of deep waters? Now, in the weeks ahead, LCM and amongst the churches, we'll be working towards a greater transparency and dependency on the Lord, as well as the family that he's blessed us with. The truth is we need each other, working together, challenging our motives and helping us to unearth and unroot the motives that are corrupted that we cannot see by ourselves. The One Association is a special group of believers that have been tasked with a global mission. The mission of making disciples everywhere that the Lord sets our feet, in every nation on earth. And with joy and absolute unity, say absolute unity. Absolute unity. We will take up the call of Jeremiah. That's good. Uh, With Jeremiah in mind, let's go to Jeremiah 1, verse 10. Say unity as you're turning there. It says, see, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Whether we are tearing down the gates of hell, breaking through the fortified walls in our heart, or building up the body of Christ, we will work together as one collective unit for the glory of our King. Um, We love this body with all of our heart and soul. Now, I want to quote Wade, the homiletic blade. We love our church. Now, as we continue this evening, we want to take some time to share some life-giving speech with our family. This is a family meeting, and we just want to speak plainly, clearly, and encourage this body from our heart. All right, so let's go to 1 Thessalonians 1, starting in verse 1. (laughs) He's going to be talking all night. (laughs) Yeah. And I love it. All right. Starting verse 1, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, 
your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by our hope in Lord Jesus Christ. Man, there were some good things that we saw happening in this week with our pastors away. We did not play like Carlos said. We definitely got after it. We were doing the work that was produced by faith. We have an idea of what is happening, and we're not stopping just because our pastors are away. They've entrusted us with something, and we're going to see that it goes further. We are going to be laboring in that love, no matter how tired we get, how exerted we are. We are laboring because we love our brothers and sisters around us. We are also working at this with endurance because we know the hope to which we are called. Amen? Amen. One of the things that I think about uh, from the weekend, from the week that we had, was uh, we had to cut some trees down at uh, the old forge the other day. Oh, yeah. We had a couple brothers working hard, sweating, getting tree dust all over us. Spiders, bug bites, all kinds. All kinds. All kinds. But what we learned from the dig down, build up message is that you need to be in the trenches with your brothers to build these relationships. So as you're turning to Philippians 2, 12, just want to encourage my brother Adam. It's funny that anytime he's bringing up a word, it has to do with this endurance and this incredible strength. And it's one thing I admire in my brother is not just his physical brute strength, which is why I called him the tank, but I love his resilience in the kingdom and his no-quit attitude. You guys in Philippians 2.12? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, hearing all the things that went on this past week, I was, we were so blessed to be in Tennessee with all the pastors and elders in the One Association. And hearing the great things that were going on, I desired to be in both places. Because the work is continuing here and the work's going on there. This is our good father working into us to act according to his will. He's helping us in every situation. And he's a good father. Let's go to verse 14 of Philippians 2. Do everything without complaining or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. Like stars in the universe. As you hold out the word of life. Uh, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Now, I know many of the things going on in this room. And I just got to say, Chris Riasora, your endurance to persevere and never quit. It inspires me to continue in that same way of life. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about... Uh, the things leading up to the one association. So we left on a Sunday right after service, or that was the goal. <laughs> because you might remember the announcement that we love you, but when we pray, we are leaving. So any extended conversations need to have already happened. So we pray, everyone grabs kids, we go to the car, I walk out to the car, boom, flat tire. Of course, reverse validation. So in natural fashion, grab the spare tire out, jack up the car, 
Judah walks over. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Changing the tire. He's like, oh, of course. We get the tire up, and uh, I'm about to, I get, I'm on the last lug getting ready to take the tire off, and miraculously, the car decides to just roll backwards in park and rolls off the jack. So now I'm in a situation, and uh, Judah and I jump behind the car, and we're like, we can do this. But then the Lord sent two mighty men, Nick Rosales and Justin Litton, and we're like, we can push this car back up on the jack. Of course. So we get behind it, and we're pushing forward, and it is not moving. Not at all. Supernaturally rolled back, supernaturally refused to go in the way it just came from. Well, we eventually... uh, get a bottle jack, put the car back up, and then we get the tire off, put a new tire on, which I've done a lot. But we tightened it down. Actually, Nick Rosales, he tightened it, so it was good. good. And we put it back down, and I go to back up, and the tire just feels funny. It's like, what's going on? Jack the car back up. And it kind of had a weird wobble in it, so we tightened it down some more, and I'm like, okay, that's odd. Drive it to the house because we needed to grab one more bag and then finally get on the road. But everyone's already left, so I'm feeling a little bit of stress. We're about to get on the road and head out, and I have just a check in my spirit. I'm like, I need to just check one more time. And I'm looking at the lugs. The tire's fine, but the lugs aren't all the way in. Like, they got caught. I was like, okay, no problem. I'll just put them back on, jack the car back up. Go to loosen it with one hand to the left, and the stud breaks off of the lug. And so... I'm like, okay, Bosh, what do I do? Because <laughs> that's what we all do, and you know it. <laughs> Anytime something happens, you know, Bosh or Nick. Uh, so this is situation. Well, that goes on, and I go to loosen the lug, and then I see that the other one is also not right. So he's like, you need to check that out. It's a little dangerous to drive 2,500 miles with a bad tire like that. So we... Uh, break that stud off, unfortunately, and I go to loosen the other one, and it's doing the same thing. So I'm like, Bosh, do I force it, or is it going to snap off? So I'm in, a, I'm in a predicament here, and I need a vehicle. And uh, one brother who continually is a blessing in my life in so many ways is Rob Barnett. Oh, yeah. And he, he offered up his vehicle, which is a very nice vehicle, uh, that turned out to be more of a blessing than we could have imagined. Because not only did we have the space to continue down the road, not endorsing this, but, you know, Bezalil needs to eat. And so she was able to climb back there while we're driving, feed him, and take care of him, change diapers. And it also functioned, which is really what we wanted. That's definitely and a plus. By the grace of God, we actually, um, we actually got to the conference with no flats, no complications. So, Rob, thank you so much for that sacrifice. And, uh, it, was, it was a blessing. And I know many, many people here donated cars, sacrificed their vehicles. Those aren't uh, toys that you can just say, hey, take it. They're, you know, expensive. But to sacrifice it like that um, and not require anything in advance but to freely give with joy, uh, it blessed my family uh, immensely. And I'm so grateful for it. Now, these seasons prove what caliber church this is. This is who we are. And that's why we love our church. We're a special group of people. We're many people working together as one body to build God's kingdom on earth. We're men and women kind of like Jeremiah who are appointed to the nations to uproot 
to tear down, to build, and to plant. Help us out with that. What nation is Jeremiah from? Israel. All right. In which nation did he prophesy? Israel. Israel. Two for two. Which nation's promises are we grafted into? Israel. That's good. LCM is DCD like Jeremiah, tearing down the dominion of darkness, destroying toxic independence, overthrowing self-sufficiency, building each other up in love, and planting fruitful fields in every area of our lives. We need our brothers, and our brothers need us. We never leave the ice. Together becoming dangerous to the enemy. That's right. You could say we uh, have went rogue to the world. Which leads us to the title of tonight's message. Rogue. rogue. Yeah. Oh, come on, church. That's right. We have gone rogue. Yeah. Say rogue. rogue. Rogue to this world and its demonic standards. Why don't you guys turn to Exodus 14 and find verse 5 and say rogue as you are turning there. Another highlight, was it a blessing to have Geary and Feta in worship? They are so anointed. Uh, There's just... The hand of God on them in the way that they worship him in purity and sincerity, uh, it moves me to tears every time that they worship together. Uh, Just wanted to highlight that, and thank you guys. You guys in Exodus 14? All right, we are rogue to the world. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariots made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots. Along with all all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. Say boldly. Boldly. Now, the world wants our time, it wants our services, and it wants our efforts. But we are marching out boldly in the direction that the Lord has for us. The world wants us and our allegiance and does not want to lose our slavery. I I mean, uh, our services. Uh, Yeah, well, we're going to share some testimonies here because this is a family meeting. And I know this will resonate with many people, uh, especially Chris Riosora, because he's been with me for this, this whole ride in the kingdom, which has been, has been amazing. But when you've gone rogue to the world, it's not just a release into freedom. The, ro- the world will always come back and try to entice you back. Now, to use an example, this, this has been going on my whole life. I've chosen to follow Christ and leave the world behind, but it's always beckoning me and enticing me back because to the world, I've gone rogue. Now, this year, many of you know, I was in medical sales, but then I left that to join Judah, Justin, Gabriel, Mandy, Olivia, and the team at FCR. Now, how this worked uh, 
was through a series of prophetic words and the Lord guiding us into the season. And we chose once we're committed, we are severing all ties with that way of life and committing here. Because how I interpreted the Lord moving in my life was, well, then I'll stay here where there's financial security and help build up here until it's stable and try to balance in both camps. But that's the Lord's grace in my life that he saved me from that. And we separated and went rogue to the world. What immediately happened after that was I was bombarded with the most lucrative jobs, the most... uh, not just lucrative, but easy, like my dream job. This is what I've always wanted to do, working in regenerative medicine. Everyone knocking on my door, calling me constantly, will you come work here? Just tell us what your price is. Hey, you don't have to work these days, or anytime you take a trip, we are already in support of it. So you just come and work for us when you want to, and you go do your thing in the kingdom whenever you want. And these things are bombarding me, But that's because I had gone rogue to the world, and it had lost my services that benefited it. And by God's grace, now all my efforts go into this body. All my work efforts go into this body. Everything I do is fueling into this family. I've gone rogue to the world. And I know another brother who's gone rogue to the world, and that's Adam Cora. Amen. Yeah. Going rogue to the world, leaving behind the things that the world cares more about. And one of the things that my brother touched on was family. And so uh, you, you kind of know, you've seen some of our family around, especially the last couple weeks here. Um, and we have a big family. So we left our family and decided to come down here. And for some, that was a little more difficult than others to take why we're leaving them. They couldn't understand why we're separating. There's something they did wrong or whatever. And so we actually had uh, some family come down and, and somebody actually get to the point where they were wanting the old Adam and Steph back. That we weren't fun anymore. That we weren't the same way we were before. We weren't of the world anymore because we have been transformed. We're going rogue. And we're continuing to go rogue. Now, we don't have time to go into every family, but so many of you have left the world behind and gone rogue to the world, and you've immediately been met with the repercussions of that. The world hates us when we go rogue. Now, I am highlighting Chris Riosora because we came into the kingdom, got spirit-filled at the same time. We were working at the same job, and when we got changed, we didn't necessarily get received back into our workplace We actually eventually got worked out of our workplace, but then they saw how much the Lord was doing in our life, and then there was always a call to come back, an enticement to get involved in some way. But we went rogue to the world and moved on to the things that God has called us to, and it seems to be happening again. We continue to separate from the world, and it's always met with opposition, but if our God and Father has told us, he will protect us from that opposition, but... We have to be rogue, go rogue to the world, and commit to that. You see, when you uproot, you rogue yourself. (laughs) There is conflict. There's contention. There's clashing. And the world tries to entice us back. If the world cannot win our loyalty, then it will always seek to make us compromise. Now, I'm going to say that again because if the world can't win your whole allegiance, many of you would say, oh, get away from me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. But it's sneaky. It will always ask you to compromise. Well, you, you don't need to be here full time or you don't need to be involved or let anyone know. But 
you know, help us out here. We need your slavery. I mean, your services um, while you still go and do your thing in the kingdom. We have to be very, very careful and make sure that we remain rogue. Oh, yeah. But here at LCM, we are marching out boldly. Yeah. Following the direction of our Heavenly Father. Our Yahweh Sabaoth through the conflict because you, church, are anointed. Amen. Anointed like Jeremiah who stood with the holy defiance in the face of satanic opposition and carried the call of God while remaining rogue to the world. Come on, say rogue. rogue. We will go rogue to this world like David in 1 Samuel 17 when he said to the Philistines, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, this day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This is strong language. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beast of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Come on, church. We will go rogue to the world like the band of rebels in 1 Chronicles 12 who went rogue to Saul and his worldly regime and rallied to the righteous King David. Yes. We will go rogue to the world like Ezra and Nehemiah who chose to continue to build the temple despite the murderous threats of Sambala and his satanic squires. We will go rogue to the world like Jesus who refused to give in to Satan's seditious seductions. Oh, get it. Again, we will go rogue to the world like Jesus who refused to endorse the corrupt worldly priesthood that was governing Israel. We will go rogue to the world like Paul, who chose weakness and imprisonment rather than the bending on the convictions birthed in him by the Spirit. Come on. We will go rogue to the world like so many martyrs through the ages who refuse to recant their faith and indulge in the luxuries of Babylon. All these great men and women of faith suffered together as a collective unit, Come on. as a family, and refused to be enticed by the world and its perceived pleasures. Let's hear how John encourages us as we remain rogue to the world. Say rogue as you are turning to 1 John 2 and finding verse 15. Do you notice what Adam said about they suffered as a collective unit, as a family? These sacrifices and sufferings are not individual exploits. They're things that are experienced with your family for those who are faithful. If you look at Hebrews 11, they were sawed in two. They were put to death. They suffered. They, 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 and we, and us. The Bible is plural when it speaks of the body. There are no great men. There are men who are broken who are called to a family that was being built into something great. And that's the bride of Christ. Are you guys in 1 John 2, 15? Do not love the world or anything in the world. Go rogue to the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Listen, we cannot love this world because we have 
completely separated from it. There can be nothing in the world that actually has a hold on your heart when you've gone rogue to it. When you're a rogue to the world, the only thing they can do is try to get you to come back. So you can be used by them. You can be uh, enticed back into their service, into their seminaries or their cemeteries. But what I really mean is bring you back into slavery. We will be rogue to the world and its wicked ways, LCM. You want to go rogue to the world? That's because the Lord has appointed you to the ways of Jeremiah 1.10. Jeremiah 1.10. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. LCM, you have been uprooted from the world. We have gone rogue. You have torn down the fixtures of your fearful enslavement. Someone say, we are rogue. We are rogue. I love you, brother. You, you encourage me in ways that I just can't express the conviction at which you speak. You make me want to go rogue to the world. We'll do it together. And go all out. And we're going to do it together. Church, we have gone rogue to the world. And because we are filled with his word and his spirit, we are keenly aware that the work must be continued in our heart. When you went rogue to the world, the work was not completed. With that in mind, turn to Luke chapter 8 and say rogue as you find verse 14. You guys there? Starting in verse 14. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who fear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. LCM, you have seed that is being planted in good soil. This room is full of saints with noble and good hearts who hear the word retain it, and produce good fruit. That's true. We all can see it. Look around us. We are growing in every way. Our marriages, our children, our unity together. This has been a rich season of growth, to say the least. That's true, yeah. But do some of you feel like there are still some thorns in our lives choking out some areas where we should be fruitful. Yeah. yeah. There's fruitfulness everywhere we look. We have children and marriages and things just blooming with fruitfulness. These are things to rejoice about and thank the Lord that we are producing in the kingdom. But as we press in to, mostly to each other, we're starting to notice, hey, there's areas where I have some thorns that are growing up, some areas that are unworked. Remember how Israel marched out boldly in Exodus 14? We talked about that. Exodus 14, they marched out boldly. Well, though they had gone rogue to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt, there were still areas of their heart that needed transformation. The work wasn't completed. It's like Israel came out of Egypt, but Egypt had yet to be fully removed from Israel. This is because once we have gone rogue to the world and unified our lives with the body of Christ, 
we must continue to cultivate our, the soil of our hearts. We, meaning every member of this body, every member. must continue to cultivate the soil of our hearts so that every area is producing fruit 30, 60, 100-fold. Amen. So look at this slide defining rogue when it's used as a verb. To weed out inferior, diseased, or non-typical individuals from a crop plant or a field. Have you ever thought of rogue that way? Usually rogue is, man, he's separated himself and he's gone away. But it also can mean to weed out inferior, diseased plants, crops, fruit, things that don't belong. When we go rogue to the world, there's still much roguing to be done. This is the roguing of our hearts, church. To weed out those areas, removing weeds, unfruitful plants, and diseased trees. And we are roguing the inferior weeds that prevent clans from uniting. We are roguing the unfruitful plants of corrosive thoughts. Yeah and speech that exalts one and brings down another. We are roguing the diseased tree that is the fear to try. Come on, we say it all the time, I'd rather try and fail than fail by not trying. The fear to try because you might fail is a weed that needs to be roged out of your heart. And we're roguing out the lazy and unproductive soil of sacrificial ministry. Areas where you you just haven't put forth the effort to actually be sacrificial and lay down your life for the mission of the body or for a brother or for their family. We must rogue our hearts before the whole community. It's public. Being open and transparent with our brothers. Letting them examine our fields to uproot the destructive weeds of deception. Did you catch that? Roguing our hearts is not a private matter where you go into your prayer closet and you're roguing, this is bad, maybe I should get rid of this. Think of an actual field. If you were out there pulling weeds and throwing rocks, probably, you know, this isn't real scriptural, but not into your neighbor's field, but putting it somewhere where it is not in your soil, anyone walking by should know it. But how much more your family who is working that soil with you? We can't conceal these things any longer. Roguing is a public community process, and it must be done. That's good. Hey, everybody say, I'm done. I'm done. We're done hiding and going away and not being transparent from our brothers. Come on. We are trusting that they will see something in our soil that we are unable to see. We need men of understanding to help us draw out of deep waters our own motives. Yeah. The roguing of our field will only produce a greater dependency on the Lord and the brothers around us. Do you ever think of roguing your heart, getting those weeds and those areas of unfruitfulness out actually would allow you to be closer to your brothers? Well, here's the caveat. If you do it alone, then no one actually knows what's going on. It actually produces the fruit of greater unity when you do it in unity. I can be getting things out of my heart, but if I never tell Adam that, hey, I've been harboring offense with you, but don't worry. I did away with it, and he has no idea. How, how can he encourage me? 
Or how can I tell him and confess that, Adam, I've had this weed in my heart that I've robed, but I did it alone, and I just decided to tell you retrospectively. Oh, well, thanks for, thanks yeah. for letting me help you, brother. Right. It, and we, we've honestly had those conversations, and we are growing as a body where that's just not something we do. That's not practice. That's not orthopraxy because the Lord has given us a greater revelation. So the roguing of our fields will only produce a greater dependency on the Lord and the brothers around us. And not only that, every clan will be unified for the supreme purpose of the Lord. Being rogue to the world, roguing the fields of our hearts, yeah. and restoring the relationships on which the body of Christ is built. Yeah, come on. Let's remember Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.15, say rogue as you are turning there. Ephesians 4.15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ, the Messiah. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work does its work as we continue to remain rogue to the world, roguing our hearts and letting our brothers examine our fields and rebuilding areas of unrefined relationships, we will see the body to continue to grow itself up in love. Amen. Amen. If we do this right, it will produce fruit. It's because we are on the offensive for the supreme purpose of God. We're not doing this for our own honor. When we live like this, our king brings us into exponential growth, and he builds us into the city of God on earth. When we build and plant as a unified army of God, I can't help but think of Jeremiah 1, verse 10. Come on. See, today I appoint over you nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Come on. LCM, you have been uprooted from the world. We are rogue to the world. Come on. We have torn down the fixtures of our fearful enslavement. We have roguied the weeds of our hearts, and we will continue to cultivate the unfruitful fields of our lives. We are destroying the diseased trees by inviting the examination of our fields. And we are overthrowing the obscure offenses that have choked the relationship between us and our brothers. Someone say, we are rogue. We are rogue. And we are building. We are building. Amen. So let's turn to Nehemiah 4, verse 13, and say rogue as you're turning there. Rogue. All right, Nehemiah 4, verse 13. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, and your wives, and your home. Listen, these men have certainly gone rogue to the world. And they're hated by the world they went rogue to. 
They have robed their hearts of worldly influences and enticements of self-exaltation. And they had pressed on together as families to rebuild the wall. Working together at the lowest point, they were unifying in purpose and linking with the families around them to complete the work. This was at the lowest point. And every man had to be able to work and protect his brother. How many times in a day are you so focused on your work, your call, the things that you're working on, and then you refuse to check on your brother to make sure that they're protected. This is an area of our heart that's going to be rogue tonight. Man, that's a good word. They took aim not in the areas where they felt strongest, but at their lowest points. Come on. Did you guys catch that? The points where they felt powerless, pressed, and in areas they didn't want pointed out to their brothers. But their supreme purpose was to protect and empower the people of God. Yeah. These men were posted. They're posted in their positions. Not for a moment, not for just a couple minutes, not just, hey, I'm going to take my five minutes and I'm going to check out because I did my job. They were posted in their positions. They could back up, let up, or give up on the work that they were called to. There was an enemy watching for any chance to thwart the work of these rogue rebuilders. Come on. I love what Adam said about being posted. You know what I hear when I say that? Don't leave the ice. If the Lord has posted you in a place to support your brothers, to work on the wall, to work on building up this body, then do not leave your post come hell or high water. Do not give up your post, church. Never leave the eyes. Now, we are still in Nehemiah 4, and we're going to go to verse 15. When the enemies heard that there were that, uh, that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. Listen, when we fight together as brothers and rebuild the unity of the Lord, he intervenes on our behalf and he opens up a can of justice on the enemy. He doesn't deal gently with those who are oppressed because they have sworn allegiance to the king of kings. This is the kind of unity that the Lord was able to step in and protect. That's something we should set on is our unity in this body. Something that is worthy of the Lord stepping in to protect. I think so. It's his body. But we have to do our part in unifying and roguing our heart and making sure there are not hidden areas that we're keeping from the body. Just bring them out into the open so that the community can help make sure that soil stays uncontaminated. And this is the unity that we will continue to cultivate in this body. Amen. There will always be opposition to those who are rogue to the world. But here at LCM, with the One Association of Churches, we will rebuild on the ancient path. Come on, amen. It is a difficult road, but it is a blessed one. Listen to Jesus' word in Matthew 5, verse 11. Say rogue as you are turning there. Did you catch how when you've gone rogue to the world... It seems to hate you for that and always entice you back. Verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is an ancient path that we are continuing to build. And when we have left the world and defy its enticements, we, we actually are rogue, and it invites persecution in our life. And when we continue to rogue the soil of our hearts to uproot fruitful fields. When we have allowed brothers to examine our fields and we unashamedly expose areas of hidden motives or concealed sin, then we will begin to experience the blessing of appointment like Jeremiah. Hard-pressed on every side, but fortified by the king of kings. This is what it looks like to walk on the king's highway. Come on. This royal way. You may think of yourself as a rogue and a rebel, but when you choose to follow Christ and join with his collective body yeah. to build the kingdom on earth, he takes you from rogue to royalty. Amen. Come on. So let's revisit Jeremiah 1.10 again. Jeremiah 1.10. See, today I point you Appoint you over nations and kingdom to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to plant and to build. LCM, you have been uprooted from the world. We are rogue to the world. We have torn down the fixtures of fearful enslavement. We have roged the weeds of our hearts and will continue to cultivate the unfruitful fields of our lives. Yeah. We are destroying the diseased trees by inviting the examination of our fields. We are overthrowing the obscure offenses that have choked the relationships between us and our brothers. And good. <laughs> we are planting new harvest fields and building up the body together in the face of opposition on all sides. Come on. Someone say, we are rogue. We are rogue. We are rogue to the world and always will be. We are posted in that position. But our great king, he transforms us from rogues and makes us royal. Come on, that is good news. When you left the world and went rogue to the world, that didn't define you. He actually took you, saved you, and rescued from that so he could transform you into something that is uh, able to be fit in the temple. All right, let's go ahead and let's listen to what 1 Peter 2, 7 through 9 says. Starting in verse 7. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Yeah. To the world, our foundation stone has always been a rogue. Yeah. We have learned to rogue away the things that obscure from this stone. We have begun to rebuild these ancient roads, and pathways. We are coming to the place where we plant new stones upon the original stone. Amen. Come on, look at verse 8. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen priesthood a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. To the world, we will only ever be rogues. 
But to our great king, we are so much more. We are his royal priesthood appointed for his planting. That's good. All right, as we're moving to a close, we'd like to read Isaiah 49, starting in verse 8 with you. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people. To restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances. To say to the captives, come out. And to those in darkness, be free. That's right. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat upon them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. I will turn all the mountains into roads and my highways will be raised up. See, they will come from afar, some from the north, some from from the west, and some from the region of a swan. This passage has spoken to us and given us so much direction. This is the royal way, church. We are Team Aswan. He appointed us for planting and rebuilding. This work was always meant to be completed by a unified body, not one person. We need each other. Not letting one brother being left uncommitted to the work. Have you gone rogue to the world but are fearful of letting your fruitfulness be rogued by your brothers? Mon, set on that for a moment. Have you gone rogue to the world, but are fearful of letting your fruitfulness be rogued by your brothers? Are you afraid of letting your fields be examined? I can tell you tonight, you will find freedom in letting brothers examine your fields and help you rogue the areas of your heart that have been concealed for the ages. Tonight is a night where we can work on that. We can actually put feet to the faith and begin roguing our heart, bringing those things to the surface and then linking arms with the brother saying, I need your help. I need you. We're surrounded by people who are so strong in here. Men like Adam Cora, someone you can link arms with and say, I need you to rogue my heart and I need you to examine my fields in all transparency, I will lay it all out before you and I'm asking for help because I do not want these weeds and these rocks and these diseases left in my field. So let me ask, have you committed yourself fully to the call or do you operate like a diplomat between the world and the kingdom? Are you playing games in both fields? Have you yet to fully go rogue to the world? Has tonight brought up some areas where you're being challenged? Well, I can tell you, if it's challenging you, it's because it's challenging me. I don't want to be a man who plays games in both fields like some kind of diplomat. No, I know the price at which I was purchased and I've gone rogue to the world. But those constant enticements, let me be honest. There are things that are of the world that I separated from that are still in my life trying to beckon me back for slavery. Where it will captivate me and it will captivate you if you conceal it 
and refuse to let your fields be examined? How can your brothers know that you are playing in both fields if you've constantly hidden your life from them? We're going to get better at this as a church where there is exposure of our lives unashamedly. No one in here is trying to hurt another one, but that is a deception of the enemy. That somehow being actually honest about what's going on in your life, your fears, your insecurities, the areas that you've concealed, bringing that out somehow disqualifies you. No, it's the concealment of those things that actually disqualifies you. Let the body of Christ help you tonight as you just lay it out before everyone and say, this is all the disease I have. These are all the things that I really need you to look at. Will you please help me? And I can promise you the response will be a collective body swooping down his one arm to pick you back up on your feet and put you back in your post. We need each member of this body to continue to stay on the ice, to continue to the work, being rogue to the world, roguing the areas of your heart, restoring relations, relationships, and rebuilding the walls of this body. We cannot do that if we are constantly concealing things, if we are constantly hiding in the shadows. Tonight, I say, come out. Go rogue to those things that you hid, those worldly standards, those worldly desires. Go rogue to them, leave them behind so that they can be seen separate from you and you can say, hey, do you see? You see the things that I'm trying to separate from? And then let a brother come in and spread you out, uh, spread it out. You need help. We need help. That's why the Lord put us together, to be easers to each other, to make sure that we accomplish the work. LCM, as we all, and we mean all, press on together in the royal way, we will see the dominion of darkness fall. Amen. We will see kingdoms reduced to ruins, hearts laid bare and healed. We will see the region of a swan illuminated with the light of the gospel, nations won back for Christ, and unity among the saints of God that is foundational to the move of our God in our time. We can do this, and we are doing this. There's fruitfulness that's happening as we are being transparent and bearing ourselves open to one another. No longer are we hiding things. We're opening ourselves up because we know what it produces in us. We know. We see it. We can feel it. And I hope you guys do the aim of what we're pointed towards. And we're going to see this more and more. And it's going to become revolutionary to us. And we're going to continue to keep doing this together. We're going to pray. If you feel led to come to the altar, there's something you need to get off. There's something that you need to let go. Come to the altar. Mighty King, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have purchased us no matter what has been in our field before. Lord, that you, you knew the whole time and you want us. You've purchased us, Lord, and we're coming to bear it all open for you. Bear it all open for our brothers, for our sisters, 
Lord, we want to be transformed. We want to be transparent, and we want to do this together, Lord. Your royal way. Mighty King, we're trusting that you will take control. We're trusting that our hearts will be cleansed. We will be made pure. We will be made right and steadfast before you. We love you, mighty King.